Hello everyone once again and welcome back to the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. I want to greatly appreciate y'all for listening in on another wonderful podcast. This is kind of a, a, a special um, podcast, I guess you could say, because we had one last week. I greatly want to appreciate again uh, Cole from Tactical Dalai Lama and Kara from MKS Supply. And uh, we're going to be going into the basically kind of what has gone on uh, in just the simple week that we've had to gather up on farms news. And, and we're going to have a special 4th of July edition of the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. Before we get started, let's just go ahead and start doing the house cleaning, get some shit over with. I want to greatly appreciate y'all for listening to the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe and go ahead and leave us a review. Leaving a review is the best way for other people that are looking for kick-ass gun fire, uh, and firearms podcast to find us. Also, if you haven't already, go to our social media. We have a Facebook and Instagram page uh, just under Facebook the number 2A Lifestyle, and then on Instagram, 2 is spelled out, so it's T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Go ahead and follow us, uh, like us and follow us there. I'd greatly appreciate it. You can find some great meme content that I share every day there, and also you can kind of keep up with the podcast. Also, we do have a Patreon page. Uh, If you have not checked it out, again, I am basically looking for just the money to keep the bandwidth on this podcast. It's $15 a month. Uh, We are actually up to $8 a month, and I want to greatly appreciate Ron C. and Chine Owens. Also, we have another great Patreon. I want to thank Nathan ONG. He pledged a $5 a month uh, Patreon, and I want to greatly appreciate those three great individuals for uh, becoming part of my Patreon. If you haven't already, you can search me on Patreon. It's 2A, the number 2A Lifestyle Podcast, and just Give whatever the fuck you can. Give a dollar, give five dollars, give ten dollars, whatever you fucking can. And all I'm really looking for is just the fifteen dollar bandwidth that uh, cost me to do the the podcast. Anything over fifteen dollars, I'm gonna put straight back to y'all, the listeners. Again, uh, what I'm gonna be doing once I get over fifteen dollars is I'm gonna be starting a video podcast. Uh, I'm also gonna be doing a live Q and A session. I'm also gonna be doing more giveaways. I'm gonna be getting more swag with the two A logo on it. Uh, the 2A Lifestyle logo on it, and we're going to be having more uh, giveaways on social media, more giveaways on Patreon, more giveaways on podcasts, so the more you give to the podcast, the more it's going to benefit, uh, not only just the podcast, it's going to benefit y'all, it's going to give y'all a better product, and I greatly appreciate it if you would check us out on Patreon, uh, just go ahead, give whatever the fuck you can, I greatly appreciate it, I'm not trying to get rich off this shit, uh, but it was definitely help make the podcast a better product for you guys. So uh, when we go ahead, and, go ahead and start getting into the podcast, uh, it's basically what we're going to be doing is 4th of July themed, like I stated. I personally am going to enjoy the fuck out of the bumper music. I hope you all do as well. And also, I'm going to enjoy some of the content. Uh, it is going to be interesting. Uh, and also, be looking out for future podcasts. We have some great guests that are, are looking to come on to the show. We're going to have some great topics. The topics, I think, are going to be something that is uh, going to be very interesting. Uh, I will say, I'm not going to give away any spoilers. But um, if you haven't already, just go ahead and subscribe. And let's go on and start getting into this motherfucking show. They call me the general. I don't mean to be crass. I'm gonna take it to the limit because it's time to kick some rain. Yeah. The king, the royal, his highness, the honcho. I'll kick it to him like a macho Camacho. See, he's got the moves. He's with the part of the year. Time to catch me, but you couldn't because I shifted into pen here. We'll rise above. We're wrecking 
fuckers, let's go ahead and start getting into the podcast. And if you haven't, I'm sure you've noticed that High Point has announced the winner of the Name the Nine contest. And fucking shocker, Yeet Cannon won. Or I should say YC9. High Point is releasing a G1 of the Yeet Cannon, which basically is just the High Point C9, which is their kind of popular compact 9mm that they have and they are going to go ahead and release a Yeet Cannon edition of it. Basically all it is going to be is just going to be the C9 and it looks like it's going to have the Yeet Cannon G1 laser milled into the slide. Uh, it's it's pretty decent. It's it's cool. You know, and if you're wanting a Yeet Cannon and you're not wanting to wait till December because that's when the new YC9 model is being released, this is a great little kind of hold off that you can have for the Yeet Cannon to actually be released. It's it's pretty cool and just let's fucking face it, high points are cheap enough that you can buy the white uh the Yeet Cannon G1 and go ahead and buy the YC9 as well. And then also they stated that they're actually going to be releasing the YC9 with Yeet Cannon on the slide. It is going to be a limited run. And so basically if you're ecstatic about the Yeet Cannon like I was in hundreds if not well I fucking know thousands of y'all because nearly a half a million people voted for the uh, Yeet Cannon the YC9 on High Points poll so you can go ahead and get the three different Yeet Cannons that you want also High Point has went ahead and released some Yeet swag if you haven't already checked that shit out it's pretty fantastic I went ahead and ordered me two shirts myself I am ecstatic I cannot wait till they come out the lead time on the Yeet swag is about four to six weeks but it's pretty fucking fabulous I do say so myself Uh, I'm pretty excited about it can't wait for High Point to have probably just fucking ecstatic sales just just fucking go crazy stocks through the roof meme type shit Uh, And as we go on into the news, we're going to go ahead and, like I said, we're going to have a patriotic edition of this 2A Lifestyle Podcast. We're going to go ahead and start going into just some basic news that came out this past week that I thought would be interesting and that we should just go ahead and cover. The first news article comes from the Firearms Blog, and the title is Student in the UK Convicted Over 3D Printed Guns. Now, this is pretty interesting because for those in the gun control lobby or the gun control way of thinking, it just goes to show that it doesn't fucking matter what you do to try and limit our second amendment, limit our gun ownership, there's always going to be motherfuckers out there that are going to do, just find loopholes. They're going to find loopholes around on how to get firearms into their hands. And this is a perfect fucking example. This cat actually looks like uh, the pictures on the firearms blog. He looks like he made a little pepper box. If you don't know what a pepper box is, it's basically, it looks like the cylinder of a revolver, but the firearms shoot straight out of the cylinder. There's no barrel for it. Uh, There's a little pepper box looking thing. And then there's also, um, I guess the best way to describe it is if you've seen those, I think Kimber makes them, those pepper ball, uh, two shot plastic guns. That's what it looks like, but it looks like it has almost like a fucking snap cap gun cylinder in it. And all of these shoot 22. Uh, and obviously, if you don't know, the United uh, United Kingdom, I should say, does not allow any guns uh, in their country except for like single shot shotguns and shit like that. 
And uh, so, I mean, to me, it just goes to show that gun control is moot. There's nothing that gun control activists can do to basically keep guns out of the hands of criminals. And because of that, they need to make sure that the law-abiding citizens need to have the right to bear arms. The next story we're going to get into also comes from the Firearms blog. Uh, If you haven't noticed, HK is in some deep financial shit. Uh, and this news article responds to H&K's uh, response to their quarterly financials. Basically, HK goes into how they lost some military contracts and also some law enforcement contracts. And obviously, it's going to be a humongous loss to HK business. And HK's debt was reduced from, just talking about how the HK debt was re- reduced from 290 million euros to 235 from 2014 to 2018. Also, it talks about how the HK has uh, positive future business earnings, uh, possible, all this kind of shit. I am basically not a uh, business major, so a lot of the shit they mention just fucking goes over my head. I'm just going to be quiet and frankly and fucking honest with you. Uh, I don't understand a lot what they're saying. It's a whole lot of business mumbo jumbo, so I'm not going to be out, you know, I'm not going to fucking sit here and bullshit you to act like I know what the hell they're talking about. But basically, HK is saying, yeah, they've had a rough quarter. There is some shit that is awry for their earnings, but they do expect a financial comeback. And there's different reasons using that business mumbo jumbo to basically say why they're going to continue to have a great company and how they're going to survive. Even though most people think after looking at the quarterly losses that HK has had, that they're probably not going to be around in the next couple of years just because of the fact that their their fucking guns are so damn expensive. You know, when you have a government contract that you lose because basically they can find a cheaper bidder for a decent firearm as well. You know, HK makes great firearms, but there are other companies out there that are making great firearms, and therefore that's why HK is losing their government contracts. So that's basically what that shit says. All right, so that's just basically the news I want to get over to you. And let's go ahead and start getting into our next segment of the podcast. This is going to be our main segment. And like I said, it is going to be patriot, uh, patriotic themed. It is going to be 4th of July independence themed. And I hope you fucking enjoy it. So let's start getting into our main segment. All right, fellas, and I'm sure there's one fucking female out there listening, but all right to you as well. The main segment we're going to go have into the podcast is going to be about the Second Amendment. And by the time this podcast is released, it's going to be released on the 1st. So fucking 4th of July is just around the corner. And the main reason we celebrate the 4th is because we're freedom-loving Americans. We love how the fucking the country it is very unique. It is just was an experiment at its time, and it has grown to be, if not the most powerful, one of the most powerful nations in the the world and probably the history of the world. Uh, it is very interesting because it gives guaranteed rights. And, of course, the most guaranteed right that everyone listening to this podcast should agree is the Second Amendment, hence the name of this fucking podcast, The 2A Lifestyle. The Second Amendment is brought about a lifestyle for many of us of gun ownership 
It has brought about the just the, the freedom lovingness that we have for this country. And a main reason why this country is so free is because we are guaranteed to own firearms and weapons and all that other kind of shit. So we're just basically going to go over the Second Amendment and what it means and basically what it is for us, the average American. And we'll just go ahead and start. The, there's 27 words in the Second Amendment, and I'm just going to read it out, and I'm going to kind of break it down. A well-regulated militia, oh, uh, fuck, okay, let's start that over. A well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. Now, those are 27 words, and it is possibly even being the most simplest of the amendments for the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, it is possibly one of the most complex of our times just because there are so many different people out there with different political spectrums that think that it means one thing when there are probably a million other people that think it means something completely different and each of them have their own different definitions of what the Second Amendment means. And like I said, it is being only 27 words, it is very different. So we're just going to break down basically what those 27 words are. A well-regulated, a well reg, I don't know why the fuck I can't say that word. But anyway, a well-regulated militia, comma, a militia, all right, during the American Revolution War, the really, fucking A, I don't know why I can't speak tonight. If y'all will bear with me, I will greatly appreciate it. But anyway, uh, during the American Revolutionary War, militias were groups of able-bodied men. And if you've seen The Patriot, which as a fucking American, I hope you've seen that fucking movie, uh, you will know in kind is not necessarily the beginning, but you know, I guess kind of getting towards the late beginning or early middle of the movie, you have fucking Heath Ledger and Mel Gibson going across South Carolina and they are mustering the militia of South Carolina to fight the British. And basically you show uh, Heath Ledger going into a building, into a church, and he is stating that the militia is being called and any able-bodied man that wishes to join needs to do so. So you have any able-bodied man, and fuck, even some people that weren't able-bodied. You had old men that were trying to join. You had fucking teenagers trying to join. So anybody can be a part of the militia. Anybody that can fight. Anybody that can fight for freedom, that can fight not only just for their freedoms and the country's freedoms, but also their community, their family, uh, because that's what it was. Because in that scene of that movie, you have two men that were being hanged uh, for being patriotic sympathizers, so the British hung them. So obviously they're fighting because of their community. So a militia is not just what a lot of the gun control liberal says is the militia is now what's considered the National Guard. Uh, and we're going to go into further that, but uh, the militia is also just a group of able-bodied men that can protect their community. So does it have to be serving in the military? Does it have to be serving in the National Guard as in nowadays? No, it doesn't. Uh, it is basically any able-bodied person that can hold a firearm or arms because that's what the Second Amendment guarantees, 
It's anybody that can hold an arm and know how to use it and can use it to defend themselves, their community, their state, or their country. And then also going into well-regulated. Now, this is something that a lot of people have a lot of contention about just because of well-regulation. Does that mean... Uh, does that mean that the firearms themselves have to be regulated? Does that mean that the people owning them have to be regulated? Does that mean that the arms themselves, uh, you know, training-wise, uh, it, it, it just has many variations. So when we're talking about a well-regulated militia uh, and the definition of well-regulated, uh, you need to go, I think, personally, uh, and this is what I'm going to do for this, is that we are going to go back to some of what our founding fathers had stated and what regulated means because uh, you know you got to break down the Second Amendment and this is what the Supreme Court justices anytime they you know look over a Second Amendment case, a gun case, a gun control law to see that if it is constitutional or not, this is what they go over. They go over uh, not only just the Constitution itself, but they go over things like the Federalist Papers. They go look over what the Founding Fathers, the people that wrote the Constitution, what they said and what they thought about what the original original intent was. Uh, You know, and that's where you start getting into not... um, not just the founding, you know, the Supreme Court justices think that the Constitution is a living document or it's a static document, and this might be going over your fucking head now, but a lot of people think that the Constitution is fucking strict what it was meant when the founders wrote it, and they, other people think that the Constitution evolves with the people, uh, so therefore it means what the... Um, what it means nowadays. So when it's talking about freedom of the press, they're not just talking about uh, you know the printing press, which back in the 18th century what they had. Same thing for you know muskets. You know the Second Amendment isn't just protection of musket because that's all they had in the 18th century. Uh, it also means what evolves today. Uh, so there, there's different thoughts out there, uh, and of course the first person I'm going to talk to when talking about well regulation is George Washington, our first president under the Constitution. Uh, In his first annual address to both houses of Congress, January 8, 1790, he states a free people not only should be armed, but disciplined. So that means that, personally, I think that means that they should, you know, have government-sponsored training. And is that something that is good, bad? It could be both. You know, obviously, just depending on the, I guess, the the training askew of what the training should be, uh, but it is a guaranteed right. And just like uh, in, for example, in the state of Alabama, we have voter ID laws saying that you need to have some sort of ID to say who you are to be able to vote. So the state will actually come to your house, take a picture of you, uh, and print it on an ID so that way you can go vote. So the state offers that because voting is a constitutional right. So again, that's something, you know, well regulation uh, could mean. And then also when you're looking at well regulated because in the founding of our country, the founding fathers did not want a standing army. They felt that a standing army was the greatest threat to a free people. So 
actually even in during the Articles of Confederation, the founding fathers thought that all right, the I think the max for national troops was thirty thousand people, and the states could add more to it if they need to. So, well, regulation again is just talking about how they did not want a standing army to be able to to overthrow the people, to be able to induce tyranny, things of that nature. So, well, regulation, uh, according to Federalist Papers and things like that, well regulated could mean that. So going into the next part, being necessary to the security. Again, we're looking at the late 18th century when the Second Amendment was written and what was going on then. You had the Revolutionary War going on, and then also you still had a lot of tension between Great Britain and the newly formed United States. Hell, you had fucking Great Britain occupied Canada just to the north. And actually, America invaded Canada, thinking that they were going to liberate the Canadians from British rule. But the Canadians said, get the fuck out of here. We like being under some British dick and just didn't want to be free. And as you know, if you know Canadian history, they weren't free for a very long fucking time. They were a British colony for a long motherfucking time. So, being necessary to the security. So... Of course, what is the greatest sense of security out there? Is something to be able to defend yourself from somebody that wants to do you harm. So being necessary to the security is having that firearm to be able to secure yourself and to be able to secure your home, your community, your state, and your country. So, And then it's very soon after the American Revolution that we had the War of 1812, which basically the great you know, people in Great Britain thought of as uh, attempt to take back the 13 colonies. So it was very, basically, you can almost say that the American Revolution did not end until 1814 when the War of 1812 ended because that is what firmly planted the freedom of the United States from Great Britain because the War of 1812 was legitimately a war from Great Britain to, to try and take back the 13 colonies. So... Uh, being necessary to the security. And then again, what happened there was, of course, militias, because there was not that much of a standing army in the United States. Militias played a humongous part in defending the United States. And actually, a future president, Andrew Jackson, led many militiamen in the Battle of New Orleans, which actually was fought after the War of 1812, was technically over, but they didn't get the fucking word quote-unquote get the word. Uh, they just wanted to stick kind of like a last little fuck you to the Great Britain to say, don't fucking try this shit again. Um, Andrew Jackson used a lot of militias to win the Battle of New Orleans. So going on, of a free state. And what the fuck do you think a free state means? Uh, of course it says state because many of the United States did not think of themselves as Americans. They thought themselves as Virginians, Pennsylvanians, New Yorkers, uh, fucking Rhode Islanders, shit like that. So being necessary to the security of a free state. So the Second Amendment was there for a free state to exist. Uh, and this is actually exerted from the Virginia Declaration of Rights in 1777. Section 13, it says that a well-regulated militia... Fucking, I cannot say that word today. Bear with me. That a well-regulated militia or composed of the body of the people... Boom. Composed of the body of the people, trained to arms, 
is the proper, natural, and safe defense of a free state. That standing armies in time of peace should be avoided as dangerous to liberty, and that in all cases the military should be under strict subordination to and governed by the civil power. Now, that again was a huge fear, was the standing armies of any any standing army. Uh, so that was a huge fear of the colonists uh, and early America. So in the excerpt from the Virginia Declaration of Rights in 1777, uh, it basically says trained to arms. So that a well-regulated militia, comma, or composed of the body of the people, comma, trained to arms. So again, here is where you need to kind of be, you know, as I stated earlier, well-regulated means to be trained. I think, honestly, I really do. I think the government should offer, basically, I guess you could say, if you had to put it in fucking Barney Five words, I think they should have a fucking NRA basic pistol and basic rifle one. I think that should be offered free to every American, and they should give them a fucking box of ammo to go back there and do it themselves if they have the ability to have a, have a firearm. Uh, so I think that's very necessary. And then also, you can also say that uh, George Mason, who is the author of the Virginia Declaration of Rights, is talking not only about the free state of Virginia, but he's also talking about the broader state of freedom. So again, the state can mean many things. It can mean the individual state. It could mean the state of the country, or it could just mean the state of freedom. So being necessary of a free state. So basically, for a free state, a free state of mind, a free state of where you live, it, you know, the right of, to keep and bear arms is very important. The next, the right of the people. What kind of rights? Well, it's funny that you fucking say that. Excerpt from the Declaration of Independence, it says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their power, their just powers, I should say, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government. So, it is clear that rights are inherent and not granted. So, rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let's kind of break that down because the Declaration of Independence is not a legal binding document, but it is a frame of reference for uh, legality because that is what our country was founded on. It was founded on the Declaration of Independence as we're going to be celebrating this Thursday for the 4th of July. So what kind of rights we're talking about? Inalienable rights. We're talking about rights that are inherited from the creator and not given by the government. So, and that's why basically the first 10 amendments are considered the Bill of Rights. Those are all fucking 10 things that everyone that fought for our freedom from Great Britain said, yes, those are things that are unable. Those are things that we can all agree that should be not touched by the government. And so among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life. What is the greatest thing nowadays that you could protect your life with? If somebody tries to do you harm, your family harm, or to take your life, you protect yourself with arms. You protect yourself with firearms, with guns. Liberty. How did 
the American Revolutionary Patriots get liberty from Great Britain. They did it through the end of a gun. They end up doing it at Valley Forge. They end up doing it at Concord. They end up doing it at Battle of Yorktown. I mean, that is what was done. And then also the pursuit of happiness. For example, the American Dream, the expansion westward, that was where the ability of many Americans who weren't doing so well where they were at, either in the Northeast, uh, in the original 13 colonies, in the Midwest, etc., end up moving westward, and they end up basically getting land so that way they could be landowners, which was a symbol of power and shit like that, and they ended up becoming, you know, basically richer, better themselves, uh, just fucking better for their family. And what did they end up doing that to protect themselves with? Again, protecting their lives and protecting their pursuit of happiness. They end up using firearms. You know, that's why, you know, we have the Kentucky Long Rifle is because people that end up migrating westward from the original 13 colonies, uh, they end up using the Kentucky Rifle. They end up you know, making a better firearm for themselves to be able to rough it out there in the wilderness. So going on into the next part of the Second Amendment, to keep and bear arms. Boom. All right. This is where it is just kind of the nitty gritty. And we're actually going to use a little bit more recent uh, Supreme Court decision, D.C. versus Heller, and this is where the decision uh, struck down some of the firearms control regulations of 1975, uh, which heavily regulated owning and keeping firearms in the District of Columbia. Uh, And basically an excerpt from the Heller decision, paragraph one, held, the Second Amendment protects an individual's right to possess a firearm unconnected with service in a militia and to use that firearm for traditionally lawful purposes, such as self-defense within the home. The amendment's prefatory clause announces a purpose, but does not limit or expand the scope of the second part. The operative clause, the operative clause text in history demonstrates that it connects an individual right to keep and bear arms. So, does arms mean only fucking muskets? Fuck no. It means anything that is considered a firearm today. And again, if you wanted to say, you know, liberals love to say that when the Second Amendment was written, it only, you know, fucking meant for uh, muskets. Not actually only muskets. A very common thing for private citizens to own back day was cannons. Cannons are obviously considered military, uh, military hardware, military firearms, military arms. So... When a lot of people say the AR-15 is a weapon of war, it's meant for just the fucking military. Not really, because it's semi-automatic. The military is never going to have just a semi-automatic firearm. All you know, M4s, M16s, all that kind of shit are are fully automatic, capable in either fully automatic or you know, uh, fully automatic burst. Um, you know, so honestly, again. And that's another thing, too, if you want to go look, uh, I always consider looking at the Battle of Goliad. You know, if you know the Battle of Goliad, they had the uh, the famous fucking flag that a lot of people fly nowadays for, for uh, gun rights. It shows the cannon, and it says, come and take it with the star over it. And that's what exactly what was going on. Texans, uh, who were Americans that moved out to Texas to kind of start a life out there, and uh, the Mexican government was trying to disarm the people. And they ended up trying to disarm their cannon 
take their cannon away from them because they know the cannon was the greatest threat towards the Mexican army when they were going to try and invade Texas and try and take control uh, of the rebellious Texans. And not only was the cannon there to protect them from the Mexican army, it was also there to protect them from hostile Native Americans. Uh, so, again, the right to keep and bear arms. So, arms means anything that could be used to uh, for a well-regulated militia. Uh, it could be used uh, anything that is basically an arm. So, a lot of people say that, you know, farms only means, like, fucking hunting things or whatever. No, it does not mean just for hunting. It's meant for any firearms that could be used to keep a free state. So anything that can be used to overthrow a tyrannical government, an invading fort of power, anything like that. And the last part going into says, shall not be infringed. Fucking shocker. I mean, do I really need to say what that means? It means don't fuck with it. It means that none of this shit is negotiable. And that is basically the breakdown of those 27 words. And I think it's important because we as gun owners and gun enthusiasts need to know what the Second Amendment really means. And what the, I guess you could say the precursor. Because the Second Amendment just did not start uh, with the Second Amendment. It started way before uh, in under the Articles of Confederation, the Federalist Papers, uh, things like that. Go look up Federalist Papers number 26 and 46. I think that's very, it's very important for us as gun owners to, to be able to have those arguments with people. And it is very important, especially now, you know, you might have a little patriotic bug up your ass because the 4th of July is coming up this week. Hey, go look at the Federalist Papers. Go look up what the Second Amendment means uh, in the 18th century context uh, and what it means in things like D.C. versus Heller, uh, because that is the best way to try and uh, and try and make sure that the people that are gun grabbing uh, gun control people to try and say hey no that's not that's not possible that is an infringement of our constitutional rights uh, I mean you can basically go up to them and say hey you know I, I think you shouldn't have a semi-automatic firearm you can say well fuck you that's why I want to have a semi-automatic firearm you can't tell me what I can have hey that's your fucking right as a freedom loving American to say that but if you want to just be just, just as bad as those motherfuckers that says, hey, I don't think you need to have a semi-automatic firearm because of murder. Uh, you know, you can say that. But, hey, why don't we have these good arguments uh, against these gun control liberals and not even just liberals because it could be a fucking what you would consider a conservative. There's many conservatives out there nowadays who consider themselves uh, defenders of the Constitution, whatever you want to fucking call it. But... They want to put limits to our Second Amendment rights, and that's just not fucking cool. I think that's not right. Uh, if you go look up, like I said, the Federalist Papers, go look up Articles of Confederation, what it says about arms, uh, look at that breakdown of the Second Amendment, and basically what it says is that I can have whatever I need to keep myself, my community, my state, and my freedom safe from tyranny, safe from foreign powers, and safe from anybody that wishes to do me harm. So that includes self-defense, 
just very basic self-defense. Self-defense from somebody that wants to try and mug you, rob you, or do you harm just while you're fucking walking to your car from your local grocery store or walking from the fucking bank, you know, trying to do you harm. So do me a favor, go do that. That is the statement that is my fucking task that I'm going to give to you today. Go look up something that tells you about the history of the Second Amendment and basically what it means because that is just a little snippet of what I had. Uh, Like I said, there's all kinds of shit out there. There's all kinds of shit about the Second Amendment before. Uh, It goes back far as even in Old English law because uh, in Old English law, what do you always see, like for example, in old fucking medieval movies? Uh, The peasants can have swords. They can have Knives, but they can't have swords because swords are considered an offensive weapon and they didn't want them to be able to be offensive towards any tyranny or freedom infringements that they're trying to impose on them. Uh, but fuck, they even let them have knives, which is considered a self-defense tool. Uh, and that's what a lot of uh, gun control uh, fucking people nowadays, and I'm, just, I'm trying to avoid liberals because I'm just going to say I know a lot of liberal people that are... Uh, fucking liberals, socially, foreign policy, shit like that, but they love firearms and they think the Second Amendment shouldn't be fucked with. So just keep that in mind whenever you're talking about politics, please. Uh, Just a little soapbox right there, but a lot of people that uh, want to have gun control, Uh, even in fucking medieval England and the medieval times, they let the peasants have knives because that was self-defense, but you don't want people to have semi-automatic handguns that they can use for self-defense. It's just fucking retardedness, Uh, and I think it's just a whole bunch of hogwash, and I think you need to educate yourself on that and be aware, and so that way whenever you get into a discussion with somebody about gun control, you can not just throw out statistics because anybody can make up fucking statistics, but just talk about the history of the Second Amendment and why it's important today, and I think that's where we can start to have a more of a, uh, more than just a one-sided discussion of just saying, fuck you, you know, don't have your guns because of murder, and fuck you, I can have whatever kind of guns I want, all that kind of stuff. We're not going to get anywhere that way. We need to try and educate the other side, and you know, even if you educate somebody to the point of where they say, you know, I'm not completely against somebody not having any guns because of what you said makes sense, but you know, they might throw a little more butt on there, but hey, at least you got them away from that ledge, and you start bringing them back to where they say, you know, people should have the right to own guns, uh, and then they can continue further on, and then if that's the case, take them to the fucking range, because you'd be surprised once you take somebody to the range, and they're able to see just the the fun of being able to exercise your second amendment, um, it's something fantastic, so that is my fucking task for you for the next two weeks before the next episode. Uh, just read up on the Second Amendment so that way you can arm yourself with some facts uh, and just be the fucking best you can in knowing where our 2A lifestyle comes from. All right, well, that is going to be my kind of history lesson. That's going to be my little political diatribe. Uh, like I stated before, I try to, you know, I'm going to keep this podcast single issue it's going to be only about the second amendment i don't give a fuck what you think about abortion death penalty or whatever the fuck as long as you're for the second amendment i want you listening to this motherfucking podcast and i want you to be able to to engage with me uh but anyway let's go on and start getting into the gun gear reviews and news America, America. 
Alright fuckers, let's start getting into the gun gear reviews and news. We're going to go ahead and start talking about a new series of holsters that the firearms blog talked about, and it's called Frontline Holsters. Now, this fucking holster is... I, I mean, I don't know how to describe it the best way unless you look at it. Look it up. It's called Frontline Holsters. But it is a mixture between, like, Kydex and leather or nylon or whatever the fuck. Um, I... I don't know what to say about it. It's supposed to be reversible. Uh, it's a, a fucking a whole tr you know diatribe of shit. Uh, it can either be in the waistband, out the waistband, right hand, left hand, all that kind of shit. So it's basically trying to be an all-in-one. And my fucking experience is if anything that tries to be all-in-one, it's not very spectacular at any one of those things. Because every single one of those things, it has... Um, you know, they, they have their own specific purpose, their specific build, uh, and it, it just, it's, I don't know, I, I just don't consider it very well. Uh, and also, the the MSRP of this fucking thing is a little high, as you would expect, because they're trying to replace all of that shit with one. Uh, the MSRP of it is, I think, around 100 uh, is around like a hundred dollars. So I mean, again, like I said, if it's trying to be all of one thing, I really don't think it's going to be very great at one particular thing. Uh, that's just kind of my fucking two cents on it. I'm just going to be just kind of honest about it. Um, and again, uh, you know, it, it's trying to justify by saying that if you, uh, bought like one holster of each, uh, you know, one inside of the waistband, one inside of the waistband, right hand, hit left handed, and then whatever the fuck, uh, you're gonna be spending about like $25 in each holster, so that's what's kind of the justification. Again, like I said, especially for the inside the waistband purposes, I, I think especially the little mounting bracket, if you were gonna be left handed versus right handed, so it's got the, the mounting bracket for the other, uh, is gonna be bulging a little bit. It's probably gonna make it a little uncomfortable, and it just honestly, I'm just not a big fan of it. I don't have one. I never, I didn't have, you know, I don't have one that I can actually fucking, you know, look at right here and tell you, uh, this is what I think about it. This is me looking at the pictures. This is me reading the firearm blogs, uh, in depth, uh, news article about it. Uh, and, and again, it's kind of like a new fancy thing. And I can see somebody that's kind of new into the firearms world buying this, thinking they're getting a great deal on it because, you know, I have a fucking like 30 gallon uh, like Tupperware container and it's just full of fucking holsters and it's full of holsters for different purposes. Uh, some are inside the waistband, some are outside the waistband, some are Kydex, some are uh, like a tuck tuckable leather kind of deal uh, that I don't want, you know, Kydex doesn't really specifically work, all that kind of shit. Um, so it's just different shit. But again, that's just kind of my thought about it. If you have one, uh, reach out to me on social media. Let me know what you think about it. If I'm fucking wrong about it. Um, just, but uh, it's just not my cup of tea. Next gun news is going to be FN re uh, releases a great in black two tone 509. I talked about in the last, uh, episode two weeks ago, how FN released a fucking, I think it was like a green and black two tone, uh, 509 tactical. Uh, I thought it looked ugly as fuck. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of OD. Uh, no correction. It was uh, OD in tan. Uh, it was ugly as fuck. And uh, 
Um, I, this one looks a little bit more sexy to me. I really, when I saw CZ's P10 that they released, and it was the black metal slide and the gray poly, polymer uh, frame, I thought it was sexy as fuck. I think this looks sexy as fuck. Uh, I'm a much more of a fan of this than I am of the FDE and ODG color that they released uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, basically, it's a regular 509. Uh, this one MSRP is 1049. So basically, it's about the same price as a regular 509 Tactical. Uh, but again, I think the between the gray and black, it's a very sexy fucking uh, color. I love the CZP10. Uh, I'm looking at getting me one in that color uh, because it's a little bit more in my price range than the FN509. Uh, and then plus, I've just been wanting to get myself a CZ just to kind of see what the fucking hype is about because I know CZ has some serious fanboys out there. The next bit of gun news coming out is a new snap caps uh, are supposed to make dry firing practice a breeze. Azoom striker caps, uh, striker caps lets you rack the slide and cock the action of a strike fire pistol without ejecting a snap cap. So basically what this is, it looks like a regular snap cap, but it doesn't have uh, the rims on the bottom of the cartridge for your uh, your catch to catch on your slide to eject the round. Uh, also, it comes with like a little metal, uh, I'm not metal, but plastic O-ring uh, around the bottom of the cartridge to kind of give it a snug fit inside there. Uh, so basically the only way you can get this fucking thing out is that you would have to actually... Uh, take like a fucking cleaning rod and push the motherfucker out. Now, is that kind of, you know, I can kind of maybe see the purpose of this is if you, you know, got like, for example, if you're a Glock fanboy and you have like a fuck done different kinds of Glock 19s and Glock 17s, if you kind of keep one as like a dry fire practice that you, you know, have laying around your house, uh, I kind of do that with uh, a SIG 320 that I have just because that's what I carry on duty. So I want to try and, and get as much trig time around with that as possible. So I have just a very basic plain Jane SIG 320 that I, I kind of keep around, actually keep it on like the little fucking stand underneath my TV in my bedroom. So like that way, if I'm you know, getting up, you know, I can rack it like 10 or 15 times, get some trigger practice in it. Uh, but obviously you try not to fuck up the firing pin in your firearm. So this can kind of do that. But to me, I'm just not a huge fan of that. You got to get a fucking cleaning rod to eject that bitch out. Because what, if, for example, if you pick up that firearm because there's an intruder coming in uh, and I can actually see how you could probably rack a live round in behind this motherfucker, uh, and it's still, you know, you know, you're fucking sleepy, whatever the fuck. So you just kind of push your slide closed to make sure you rack that round in, and you know, it, I don't know. To me, it's just not. I see the idea behind it. I can see how some people might like it. Again, as with that fucking holster before, not my cup of tea. Now this is something I do like. Now this is another fucking. Uh, snap cap kind of trainer, uh, and it's called the T3MT Type 3 Malfunction Trainer. Now, if you don't know what a, a Type 3 Malfunction is, basically the normal tap rack BAME is not going to work on this motherfucking Malfunction. Uh, basically, what you have to do is you have to uh, drop the magazine, rack the slide, put in a new magazine, uh, and rack the slide again to feed in a new round. Basically, what these does is the rim catches on the round as it begins to feed from the magazine. It creates double feed, and then when you uh, do it, you got no bang. So now you have to clear it. Now, what you normally would do is tap rack bang, but tap rack bang is not going to work on a Type 3 malfunction. So like I said, you actually have to drop the magazine, rack the 
uh, rack the slide to the uh, bleh, fucking I don't know why I can't talk today. But anyway, rack the slide to the rear, clear any rounds. Then you insert a new magazine, rack the slide, and you're fucking good to go. I think this is pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I think this is actually a great training tool because you know once. I mean, and I see this all the time uh, when I'm fucking doing law enforcement firearms training. Whenever somebody has a Type 3 malfunction because, you know, you have fucking ammunition that you've had in there forever in a fucking day and it's been beaten by the, the, the elements. And this is actually a fucking um, a, uh, question that old the at home FFL that doesn't have really FFL uh, page asked on my Facebook page because I was asking if there was any questions uh, for you people out there. This is probably my most common uh, malfunction uh, that I see and the most common technique is that most fucking law enforcement officers when I do training, uh, especially like in quals or firearms familiarization if they need additional training because they're not passing their uh, pistol quals, is they don't know how to clear a type 3 malfunction. And so what always they fucking do is they just raise their hand, wait for me to come over there and say, uh, my fucking gun's not working. Well, bitch, tap, rack, bang. And if it doesn't work, drop the magazine, put a new magazine in, and then tap, rack, bang again. Uh, that is the most common malfunction. So this is actually something that I might actually buy myself uh, with my own personal money. And I'm going to put it in my little fucking uh, firearms training library that I have at my office. So that way, any law enforcement officer that wants to have uh, some some more significant training besides uh, just a firearms qualification, I got different shit that they can kind of like rent out from me like a fucking library. Uh, and these are available in 9mm, 40 Smith & Wesson, 45 ACP, and 223-556. And the MSRP is only $18. Uh, so it's really not that bad. Uh, like I said, I think it's a great training tool because, you know, when tap rack bang doesn't work, like your fucking mind, if, if your mind even goes to tap rack bang, your mind is thinking, oh, fuck, what do I do now? Uh, so instead of having to, you know, figure that shit out when rounds are flying at you, you can fi- have the shit figured out when you're in a safe training environment. And then you can, once you start getting the agility of this, you know, type three malfunction, uh, kind of out of the way, you can start adding some stress to it. You can maybe, and this is something that I've done before myself just to, to, Make myself a little bit more of a challenge. I'll fucking put snap caps in my firearm during a actual pistol qualification for my law enforcement uh, career, like for the post, uh, which is the Peace Officer Standing Training Commission for my state. I will put snap caps in my fucking magazines so that way I don't know where they're at. Because I'm, you know, gonna forget. Uh, because you have the three different magazines on you, I'll mix them up like a fucking uh, find the ball kind of thing uh, underneath some cups, uh, and I will, you know, give myself a little bit more stress. Because if I'm doing a pistol qualification, I'm just like fuck. All right, six rounds standing, one, two, three, four, five, six, kind of shit, and it's just kind of going through the monotony uh, to actually putting some fucking stress on you. And that's all it is about. Is because you need to have some sort of simulated stress during your firearms training to make you a better firearms operator. I don't want to say fucking operator because most people think of, you know, fucking special forces or whatever the fuck, but a better firearms manipulator uh, to be able to do it during your applications, your practice, your training, uh, and also if you instruct uh, 
during instruction, during training, all that kind of shit. So this is great. I'm actually going to buy this fucking shit. And once I get it in, I'll let you know how it goes. Let's go ahead and start getting into the culture segment of our podcast. And again, kind of sticking to the 4th of July theme. Uh, This is going to be a patriotic movie. I hope you motherfuckers enjoy it. Alright you fucking patriots, I could go over the Patriot movie for our culture segment, and I said I was going to do a book, but because this is going to be our 4th of July edition of the podcast, we're going to do a movie, and we're going to do a movie that I think kind of puts everything that I love about movies into one. We're going to do about a movie called The Postman. And if you haven't seen The Postman, this is kind of a post-apocalyptic, patriotic movie, uh, Fucking two of my greatest things ever about a movie, post-apocalypse and patriotism, uh, fucking Americanism. It is basically a movie about Kevin Costner, and he's a drifter in post-apocalyptic America in the Pacific Northwest, and he ends up finding a fucking old post office uh car and he ends up wearing the postman's uniform and he ends up delivering mail kind of as a scam to get free food and says that even though the government has been uh you know blown out of existence because of nuclear war he ends up saying that it's being reconstituted in Minneapolis or some shit like that and he is part of that government because he's going back and delivering the mail well it ends up you know, causing a whole bunch of shit because there's this fucking organized uh, militia group in the Pacific Northwest, and it's called the Eight and or the Wholeness or whatever the fuck. And he ends up saying, yeah, "There's no United States government." And Kevin Costner creates this whole movement behind him because there's a lot of people that want to believe in America and they want to believe in the freedoms that under America are being restored and all this kind of shit. And there ends up being some big battle between Kevin Costner and the fucking leader of the wholeness. And basically, you know, some odd years later, the United States government being you know gets restored. But because it is a post-apocalyptic movie, there's going to be some fucking awesome firearms in there. There is a bunch of M1911A1s in there, of course, just because, uh, you know, fucking, I don't know, post-apocalypse, you know, they're probably easy to find and old armories and shit like that. Uh, there's also old Smith and Wesson military police, uh, 38 special revolver revolver. Fuck. I don't know why I can't talk today and say these words, but anyway, uh, Smith and Wesson military and police 38 special revolver in there. Uh, there's also a bunch of Colt AR 15 sporter one carbines. Uh, they're mocked up as XM 177 E2s. Uh, there's also an M one carbine in there. That's pretty cool. And there's also a Springfield M one a, Something else that I think it's cool in the movie is they also have uh, some old, they have an old Winchester Model 70 in there with a scope on it. There's also an old Winchester Model 1894. And yeah, I think this is post-apocalyptic, so they're probably picking up a lot of guns that were left in you know hunting stores and shit like that. 
Uh, something else that I thought was also pretty interesting that I didn't know until I went to, of course, imfdb.org is going to be our source for all this, is there's an FNFAL with a Cobra M, uh, CM203 launcher underneath it. It, you know, of course, the 203 is not used in there, uh, but it's something that's pretty cool that I didn't notice. But once I saw the picture on imfdb.org, I was like, fuck yeah, you know, it's, it's right there. That's pretty fucking cool. Something else that's also really cool that's in the movie is that there is a, and excuse my motherfucking pronunciation of this, an Orlikon 20 millimeter cannon. And now in this particular. Uh, fucking part of the movie. They end up using this uh, 20 millimeter cannon to basically lay waste to a town uh, that is protecting Kevin Costner, the postman. And, uh, you know, the fucking wholeness has this. Uh, so it's, you know, used for a lot of devastation in it because the bad guys are fucking having this gun. But it's pretty cool to see it in like its fucking Wikipedia picture. Uh, and then, of course, they have the picture of it actually being used in the movie. So if you haven't seen The Postman, I think it's a great movie. It's kind of one of those movies that I see every 4th of July just because it's not your typical 4th of July independence movie. Of course, I'm going to watch The Patriot, but I'm also going to watch The Postman. The Patriot's kind of more of a you know typical... Fourth of July movie, The Postman isn't, but it's also about kind of America and just what freedom stands for and all that kind of good shit. And if you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend it. All right, folks, that's going to be the end of our culture segment, and let's start wrapping this shit up, shall we? In the course of human events, it becomes necessary for a battle to commence that compile. I hit them with the illness of my quill. I'm endowed with certain unalienable skills. Let me run down my resume, will ya? Set up a little place called the United States. Sound familiar? I told King George he could eat a fat dick. When it comes to declarations, I'm the first trap pick. I topple any tyrant, so kings and pirates beware. I'm so down with revolutions, I well, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the end of the 4th of July edition of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you listening. Again, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast and also leave us a review. It is the best way for new people to look for gun-related podcasts to find us is with good reviews. There is all a new review on fucking uh, iTunes, but... I, it, I, it doesn't say anything. It's just showing five stars. So and I can't even see who the fuck wrote it. So if you are the person that wrote that five star f- review, I greatly fucking appreciate it. Again, also, if you haven't already, go ahead and go to our social media, the number 2A Lifestyle on uh, Facebook, also on Instagram. Two is spelled out T W O A Lifestyle. Uh, and check out, uh, go ahead and give us a like, follow us. Uh, we put updates on podcasts there. We also have some hilarious meme content, also some firearms news, anything like that. You can find it on our social media. Uh, go ahead and review us there as well on Facebook. Go ahead and leave us a recommendation so that way other can, other people can know that, hey, this is a good fucking page if you want some gun-related content. Also, we have our Patreon account. If you haven't already, go ahead and look us up. We are under 2A Lifestyle Podcast. Again, I want to greatly appreciate Chine Owens, Ron C, and Nathan ONG for being Patreons. We are halfway there to our $15 a month for our bandwidth. And again, like I said, anything after $15, I'm going to put straight into this podcast. I'm looking at getting some swag made. I'm going to go ahead and probably get some some hats made. Uh, it's going to have the fucking emoji on the front. And it's going to have 2A Lifestyle on the back. I'm going to end up using those for some giveaways. 
giveaways, stuff like that for giveaways. I'm going to use Patreon money once we get over fifteen dollars uh, to make that kind of shit. So if you want some, you know, a chance to win some free shit, uh, you know, China Owens and uh, Nathan Ong, I, Nathan Ong, I actually reach out to you if you haven't already checked it out. I'm trying to get your information. I'm going to send you some free shit. Uh, I'm also trying to, uh, like I said, have some more giveaways, do some hats, maybe some T-shirts on our social media. And for anybody that leaves us reviews uh, on iTunes, and I think Google's the other place you can leave us reviews, but iTunes I know for sure. If you leave us reviews, leave us your name, all that good shit, I'll reach out to you, and uh, I'll give you some free swag. Uh, I'm really trying to make this grow, folks. I really enjoy our last episode, of course, uh, with the Yeet Yeet uh, special an episode was our most popular episode yet. Uh, I see everywhere where y'all are listening. We're actually an international podcast now. We have people from fucking Brazil, Finland, Australia, and Canada listen. I greatly appreciate y'all listening internationally. Uh, and also, we are basically listening to damn near every 50 states in the United States. And as we go into the closing of this podcast, y'all, I just want to wish y'all a great 4th of July, a great Independence Day. Uh, you know, whether you might think of the government, whether you, you know, hate your government or whatever, you always got to remember, love your country uh, first. And if you want to love, respect, or hate your government, you can do that second. But you got to love our country that gives us the freedoms to have our farms that we so love, uh, that we have this lifestyle evolved around, uh, and that we have this 2A lifestyle. So I hope you have a great 4th of July. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get to spend it with family and friends. And I hope you're fucking here on July 5th and you're not missing some appendages. So with that, y'all, we're going to go ahead and wrap this bitch up. I will see y'all in two weeks. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent. I have a dream today. One small step for man, one giant leap What your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. This goes out to old glory and all her proud history. Flown through victory, hard times too. She stays true, red, white, and blue. This goes out to old glory. Her every stitch reflects our story. Upon her bright colors, we are setting our sights as we raise and salute her, the stars and stripes. Are you proud of your country when you see the flag fly? Waving high in the sky on the 4th of July. It's a symbol for which many have been willing to die because it represents what we try to live by. Like all the freedoms that are listed in the Bill of Rights and all our culture and traditions and our way of life. Look deep into the night and ask yourself this. Which of the 50 whites? Stars on our flag depict There's one for every state outlined in blue The red and white stripes they have meaning too They represented the original 13 colonies Today they remind us of our nation's history Who designed our first flag? Nobody knows for sure The story goes Betsy Ross sewed it in her store As more and more states joined the country The flag changed Every state another star and stripe to arrange It became after 20 stripes hard to fit them all So the number of rows returned to the original In the war of 1812 the flag showed its strength 30 feet high, 42 feet in length Was it size as it flew over the Chesapeake Bay? Through the battle of war, it continued to sway The sight inspired a anthem as it came to be The Star Spangled Banner by Francis Scott Key This goes out to old glory And all her proud history Flown through victory, hard times too She stays true, red, white, and blue This goes out to old glory 
which reflects our story. Upon her bright colors, we are setting our sights as we raise and salute her, the stars and stripes, to guide you and me in treating flags.